Amazing love. Praise his name. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. As you're turning there, I want to thank uh, the sound crew um, for all the work you've been doing this week uh, to get us ready for our, our, our big change. You, you notice that we've got some temporary uh, speakers and things set up. Um, they've been working hard at this, getting ready for some new equipment to come in. Our old equipment uh, was, uh, was failing pretty badly, although most of us never noticed that, praise the Lord, because they've been working hard at keeping that from happening. Uh, but uh, now we're looking forward over the next couple of weeks uh, to new stuff. So thank you for all that work. And praise team, thank you for your leadership this morning. And uh, Bill Thompson mentioned that I have a couple of college buddies here um, this morning. And one of them is somebody that you've prayed for uh, over the past year, past year quite a lot, Mike Wood, uh, who the Lord um, delivered from a, a fatal heart attack. I say fatal, obviously it wasn't completely fatal, but he was gone, he was gone for a little while, a couple of times. Um, and then uh, the Lord's done just great work. And so we just want to praise God. Mike Wood, would you stand up so we can praise God for the work he's doing in you? And, and pray for Mike because he's going to lose a lot this week um, when we go to Florida to golf. Um, and um, so, yeah. Now, that, that reminds me. Um, weren't the kids great this morning? Some of them were trying to be so encouraging to me, like, I can really do this. You know, and then, and then Ellie over here says, no, but it was because I picked the wrong sport. I could do the ballerina dancing, you know, thing. But then, Edie, no, you can't do this. It's impossible. You don't have what it takes. Speaking the truth in love. Um, they're, they're wonderful. Thank you for what you're doing in your kids' lives and in, in bringing them into this environment to be encouraged in their faith and in their knowledge of God's word. Thanks for doing that and, and for sharing them with us all uh, in the kids' messages. But as this morning, as uh, Mark was reading the scripture, um, not the scripture that we originally had planned to read, because I almost broke one of the things that I try to do um, every time it comes around. And that is, I think it's, I like to talk about the Olympics when they come around. And they were just here, you know, just last fall and so I was thinking about skipping this one but I couldn't it's one of the only things now it's changed a lot but it's one of the only things over the past 2,000 years that's, that, that has kept going the apostle Paul in a couple of places here in 1 Corinthians and also in 1 Timothy the apostle Paul refers to the Olympic Games or the Corinthian games, that may be the ones that he was referring to here in this passage. But, but nonetheless, athletic contests that are analogies for us as believers in Christ. And so sometime over these next couple of weeks, whether you try to or not, and some of you will watch hours and hours of it, some of you will just see snippets of it here and there. But whatever your relationship to, the, to these winter games in China are, use them. Use them. Don't just enjoy them. Don't just, you know, stand in awe or sit in awe of, of what you're seeing. Use those games as the Apostle Paul encouraged the Corinthians to use their games. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 9, starting with the 24th verse. Now, he wasn't talking about winter games here. These were summer games. I don't think they had winter games. 
Do you not know, verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Run in such a way as to win. Great picture. Great picture. Skate. Ski, snowboard, ski, and shoot. (laughs) All different kinds of stuff. Do it. Work hard at it. And and obviously they have. And there's only going to be in all those competitions, there's going to be one at the end of each competition, there's going to be one person, one man, one woman, standing, their national anthem playing, They'll bow their head to have the medal placed on on their neck. Only one's going to win each of those events. The Apostle Paul says, that's how we're supposed to run. That's how we're supposed to live. That's how we're supposed to train. That's, That's the focus that we're supposed to have. And when we do it, we get something a lot better In his case, it wasn't a gold medal, a a laurel wreath. And those things really didn't last very long unless they sprayed it with the right kind of hairspray at just the right time, you know, and put it in the freezer. But even a gold medal doesn't last. But you know, some of those athletes, they're going to receive a gold medal that's going to last forever or a silver medal or a bronze medal, whatever the case, because they're doing it for a whole different reason. They've actually incorporated the truth of God's word into these temporary games so that what they're doing is actually achieving for them something that is going to last forever. Those that that have the wisdom have the opportunity, the skills and and all the other things that had to come together just right to to give them this platform. They're using these games for the Lord. They're shining brightly at every opportunity. When When the microphone comes before their face, they take the opportunity to give praise to God and and, and acknowledge who gave them this opportunity. And in all the relationships that they build in these games and in the people that they're meeting, they're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in their, in their case, they're getting, they're getting the double bonus. They're getting the gold medal if they're, if they're good enough and they, and, they, and they win. They're getting the gold medal and they're getting something that's going to last forever. And that's how it is for all of us, whatever it is that we're doing with our lives. Now, very few of us are those kinds of athletes, world-class athletes. But we know about what they do. Some of us we're less than world-class athletes or, or even are currently. And we know the, the, the rigors of training. 
we know we know the sacrifices that have to be made, even for the for the the things that we do on a on a on a much lesser degree. Some of you are in the in the process of taking your kids to to their sports, and it seems like that's all you're doing. But you're you're taking them so they can learn this process, so they can learn the the the, the hard that hard work pays off. They can learn about teamwork and and all the things that take place, and how that all translates into things later on in our lives. And and you value those things, and so you're doing that with your kids right now. But we, we get to do that, as I was talking with the kids, we get to do that from a different perspective. We get to do that also instilling in them the ways that these athletic or music or drama or all the different, whatever it is that you know, we're, we're allowing our kids to be a part of or encouraging them to be a part of, whatever it is, we're also helping them to see that we can also use these things as instruments, as, as means by which to serve God and to glorify God. In, in places outside of the, the walls of our local church. Because there are lots of opportunities out there to be able to do those things. There are lots of opportunities, you know, outside of sports, in school, in your office complex, in your business. Lots of opportunities for us to use the training that we're doing, that, the things that we're learning, and putting those things into practice for the glory of God. And that's what the Apostle Paul here is, is reminding us as, as they focus on those as they focus on those games and all the and all the things that those athletes did he says I want you to do the same thing and so what does that look like for us what, what does our training look like and a lot of it looks like this a lot of it looks like the word of God now every every team, Every sport has its, uh, you know, has its manual, whether it's, uh, whether it's printed, hard copy, on the app, whatever the case may be. Every sport has its, has its, its rules, its, its way to do things. And so we can apply that directly to what we're doing, to the life that we're living, to the goals that we have set for ourselves, or better yet, to, for the goals that God has set for us. Because that's what we find out when we, when we study God's word, when we look into God's word. We're not doing in this life what we want to do. As believers in Christ, we're living this life for his glory, so we're doing what he wants us to do. The goals that he has for us. And you remember what his major goal for us is? The main thing that he wants us to su- succeed at in this life. And everything else that happens all relates to this. He wants us as individuals. Now remember, the group, the group can help, but, it, but it's, it's an individual sport. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Every one of us. Not, not just the pastor, not just the musician, not just the teacher. Every single one of us, his goal, the thing that he wants us striving for, the things that he wants us to be focused on as the athlete is focused, is being conformed to the image of his son, to be more and more every day, like Jesus Christ. 
And ours is not a, a, a short-term um, sport. You know, the, the Olympians, they train hard trying to make it to that, that game that's coming up in two years or in four years. Some of them are stretching out, and they're, they're hoping for, you know, in eight years they're going to make the team. But eventually, they, it, it's all over. They can't do it anymore. Even the great ones. You know, in football, um, Tom Brady finally, you know, some of you don't remember life before Tom Brady. Finally, no more. Well, when we're done, it's going to be when we see Jesus face to face. That's when we'll be finished doing what we're doing, training for what we're getting ready for. That's when that's over. So that, this is a long process that we're in. And the goal for every single one of us who knows the Lord, for every single one of us who have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, his goal for us, and and it should be our major goal, is to become more and more like Jesus. And again, that's where the Word of God comes comes in. And I'll mention one of of the verses that, that many of us have memorized. And, and, I, and I think if you, if you haven't memorized it, I would encourage you to do so. Romans 8, 28 and 29. You remember what it says, anyone? For we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. All these things that are happening. And and you've got stuff happening in your lives that you have no idea what's going on with it. In some cases, it's, it's, it's so confusing, so perplexing. You, you don't know what to think, and you, you don't know how the Lord's going to work and, and, and do what he's going to do. But the word of God tells us he's got this, and he's going to work it all out for good so that you, when it's all over, will look more like Jesus than you did before it started. And some people say, well, I didn't sign up for this. I don't. I don't want to be that much like Jesus if that's what I have to go through to get there. And that's what the Apostle Paul's point is when he compares us to these Olympic athletes. It is worth it. Whatever you have to go through is worth it. That's why these athletes do the things to their bodies that they do. To to try to get to that level. And, and again, that's why so many of them are, are tempted and some fall to the temptation of using, you know, drugs and stuff like that to, to try to get better because they, they, they want to get better so bad. They want to win so much. But we need to want that. We, we need to want to win in this one thing so much that we'll recognize that even the things that we absolutely don't want to endure or experience, that even those things are part of God's plan in accomplishing his goal for us. And when we, when we sign on for this, when we recognize this, when we agree to this, 
and start looking, start changing our perspective so that we can start looking at life like this, then none of these things that seem so bad end up being so bad because they're achieving something good for us, something that God wants to see happen in our lives. And because it's his will, it's something that we also want to see happen. Somehow, as we grow in our faith, as we become more like Christ, somehow God is going to be even more glorified both now and forever when we're with him in eternity. Somehow the growth that we, that we experience now toward that end of becoming like Jesus is going to bring him more and more and more glory. And that is why he made us, to be able to do that. And so, see yourself, see, let's see ourselves as these focused athletes, not letting anything get in the way of the achievement of this great goal that God has set for us. And let's recognize the place of the word of God in this process. How do you become like someone that you don't know about? Or that you know so little about? We need to know what Jesus looks like. We need to know what the image of Jesus really is. The image of Jesus in our culture has nothing to do with the real Jesus. As you hear him described or or you hear people talking about him, I think sometimes, wait a minute, what are they talking about? That's not Jesus. The Jesus that that we're supposed to be conforming to is the one described here in his word. And the descriptions are vivid. Not only do we have these four gospels that describe his, his life while, while he was living here, but we also have these, his, his friends, his apostles, his servants, who describe to us all the things that he said and did. And not all of them, as John said, if, I, if we, all the books in the world wouldn't contain all the stuff that he said and did. He, he was that kind of, of teacher. But we have... In these pages, the real Jesus. And we need to spend time finding out who he is, what he thinks, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he has planned, what he's promised, what he hasn't promised. All of these things so that we know how to to relate to, to the things that are happening around us. So that we know how to use these opportunities that he's given us. Remember, all these experiences that we're, that we're having, good and bad, they're all opportunities for us to grow into the image of Christ. And so we need to know wh- where he's taking us, what he wants to see happen in us, and how these things, even some things that we look at as very negative, and, and, in, and in our own thinking, think there's no way God can do something good out of this. Do you ever have that thought? You know the promise that God works in all in all things for the good of those. We know that promise, all things. But then we, then something happens, I'm saying, I don't know about this one. Th- that must have been a general statement with some exceptions because I think I'm in the exception right now. I don't think there's any way something good can happen out of this. And there are numerous people in scripture that we can look to that had those moments. But one of my favorite, and the one that I go back to in my own life a lot, 
is the Old Testament character Job's wife. We don't know her name, but she really went through it. Job, we know, really went through it, but so did his wife. And at one point, she, she made it through the death of her 10 children in one day. She made it through that without saying this. And then finally, when, when, when Job got sick and was just a mess, a physical, visual, sensual mess, He's sitting there outside. He's got some kind of disease that's just causing all kinds of sores and boils and stuff to break out of his skin. And and he's just scraping that stuff with broken pottery. And And he's still praising the Lord. And finally, she can't take it anymore. She says, Job, just curse God and die. How many times do we feel that? The Apostle Paul was almost to that point in in first in Second Corinthians one, where he said where he says to them as he's as he's trying to help them understand how how bad things can really help them to to be who they need to be. He said we were he said we were suffering so much in the province of Asia, far beyond our ability to endure. That's how he described it. Far beyond our ability to endure. That we despaired of our very lives, he said. I think that's where Job's wife was. She, it was just, I don't, I can't do this anymore. Get to that point. And you know, and you're going to be able to do this, but if you could do it right now, if you could have a, have a, a counseling session with Mrs. Job right now, just imagine this, you know, you're talking to her about stuff you're going through and you're talking to her what she went through. And I think the first thing that she'd say, first of all, let me say, I really wish I hadn't said that. Because that's, that's all anybody knows that I ever said. That's, my, you know, I had one line. <laughs> that was it. So I think she doesn't, she's not happy about that. But I think she'd say this to us. Oh, I am so honored that God would use me and my husband and my 10 kids to encourage for centuries, for millennia, the sufferers among the children of God. And, And that includes all of them. She said that God would use our family is just an amazing honor. I had no idea when that was happening. That's why I said what I said. I didn't get it yet. Because she did get it. Remember this. She did get it. She got past that. Remember, she had 10 more kids. Something happened. Something flipped the switch for her. And she realized, hey, it's not over yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not going to take this... take my life into my own hands here and end this even though I'm feeling like it. I'm going to keep going. And she did. 
and she lived long enough to have 10 more kids and, and to see Job's fortune restored and his place in, in their, their city restored and, and all those things. She saw all that happen. But before, even before that, she somehow came to her senses. And now she sees it. And we may not, we may not see it till we get to glory of what God's doing through the difficulties that we face. But those difficulties, along with other opportunities, the difficulties aren't our only opportunities. The other opportunities that we have to serve, the other opportunities that we have to, to help each other grow in our faith, all of these things are achieving for us a crown that's going to last forever. Again, to use this analogy, of the laurel wreath that those Olympic athletes in Corinth would receive for winning their race. We're going to get one that's going to last forever. And then if we haven't gotten, if we haven't understood everything that God was doing in the process of making us more and more like Jesus, we're going to see it then when we get to glory. In the meantime, we keep our eyes, according to Hebrews chapter 12, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. The athletes, they keep their eyes fixed on something. Whatever their, whatever their sport is, they've, they've got some, some, some point of focus. Our point of focus is the one that we're being conformed into his image. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who's described in Hebrews 12 as the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. Think about that. He was told something great was going to happen. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame because it was a shameful thing. That is a shameful instrument of execution. There's nothing pretty about that, about what happened to him. He scorned its shame and then sat down at the right hand of the Father, where he is experiencing the joy that had been set before him. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't pleasant while he was carrying his cross through the, the streets of Jerusalem, the Via Della Rosa, as it's called now, the way of suffering. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasant for him as he did that. The very people that he made, that he created, that he gave life, that he gave breath to, the very people yelling at him, calling him names, spitting on him, throwing junk at him. And then he got to the place of the cross, the, the, the place of the skull. And they laid him on that cross. And those soldiers, again, very men that he made just a few years ago, a few years before, the one who he, who he made their bodies in such a way that, that their hands would respond when the brain said, drive these spikes into those wrists, into those hands, into those feet, throw a spear into his side. Those, those, those bodies responded because Jesus made them like that. He was the maker of them and they did it to him and he didn't let that stop him. He continued on because of the joy that was set before him. And here the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, as we look at the Olympics and, and find inspiration in these athletes that have worked so hard, we recognize that what we're working for is so much greater, is so much better. And in fact, our training is so much harder 
than theirs. Oh, yeah, they get up at 5 o'clock to get to back in the pool, or not, not in the winter games, to get back on the rink. You know, it's a pool. It's just frozen. Um, they, they do all that. They go through all that for years and years and years. But you know what? That's nothing compared to what Jesus did. And as a result, nothing compared to what we do. Getting ready for that moment when we enter glory and we receive from Almighty God through Jesus the Son who will at some point greet us at the judgment seat of Christ and give us our reward for what we've done while in this body. Then we're going to look back and we're going to praise him for all the opportunities that he gave us to grow, all the opportunities that he gave us to serve, all the opportunities that he gave us to shine for him. We're going to thank him for all of those as he then translates those into the eternal rewards that he's going to give us. Again, for his glory. So as we watch, as we sit in awe of what what these Olympians can do, let's think of ourselves as even greater Olympians with a greater goal, with greater opportunities. And remember that God gave us this life so that we would use it to become more and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, it's not in conforming to the image of Christ that we're saved. That's what we do after we've put our trust in him. Because what, what he did for us, we take for, our, we, we take for ourselves when we believe. And so his righteousness, his goodness comes into us the moment we believe. And then he allows us to start this process of training, to start this process of becoming more and more like him. But it starts by believing. It doesn't start by working hard. It doesn't start by, by deciding, okay, I got to clean up my act. I got to get things together. No, it starts with recognizing that we, as we were singing about in, in his amazing love song, we start as dreadful sinners in rebellion against him who deserve judgment. But if we put our trust in him, we don't have to endure that. We don't have to go through that. Instead, we can live lives of glory by the power that he gives us, by the knowledge that he gives us as our minds are renewed by his word. But it starts by believing. It starts by putting your trust in what Jesus did for you. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning. for stretching these games out so long. Now we get frustrated with it, with the politics, with the rule breaking and all those things, but still we're amazed when we watch. We're amazed at what people can get out of their bodies in athletic and musical and dramatic performance. And so as we watch, remind us as the Apostle Paul did that we're in the games. We're in the real games. And that you want us to grow. Father, maybe some here this morning or some in, in our 
internet community that are still trying to do it themselves. Give them the faith and the courage and the wisdom to say, yes, Jesus, I'll take what you did for me. I'll receive that. I'll receive you because I can't do it. Help them to do that this morning, Father. Help them not to wait any longer. Help them not to put it off. And then, Father, with those of us who have already done that, who already have that relationship with you, help us together to run in such a way as to win. In Jesus' name, amen.